You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds, like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. I'm Teresa McKee, your host for A Mindful Moment. Thank you for joining me today as we explore ways to increase our mindfulness in our day-to-day experiences. Let's start with the breath. The breath is our most powerful tool for getting centered, grounded, and calm. If you're able to, breathe in through your nose for a count of one, two, three, four. Now slowly release the breath through the mouth for a count of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One more time. In, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Repeat this breath work any time during the day when you feel stress rising or when you notice you've lost your focus. If you'd like to follow a guided meditation, please visit our YouTube channel at Work to Live. A time of renewal, rebirth, and hope. Spring has arrived. The one-year anniversary of Work to Live's shutdown also arrived this week, and as I reflected on how chaotic last spring was, I couldn't help but feel gratitude for the experience. Yes, it was quite chaotic at this time last year, and downright terrifying to cancel every event on our calendar. But the calendar filled right back up with virtual events within a couple of weeks, so in hindsight, it was something of a rebirth for us. And this year, the calendar is jam-packed with virtual events, and it feels normal that we work this way. So, I'm grateful for the growth and learning the shutdown prompted a year ago, and I'm grateful that we're still here and continuing to grow. I'm also staying open and curious to what this spring's rebirth or renewal might be. I'm also grateful that hope is in the air. The vaccines may not be a cure-all for the many challenges we're facing, but it finally feels like we might be moving in the right direction. And that, of course, prompts the question, what's next? As much as I love a good plan, 
I think it's too early for that, but it does feel like it's time to start preparing for a plan, which coincides perfectly with spring. It's a good time to start cleaning up unfinished projects, to start making space for whatever is coming next, and to reflect on who we were pre-pandemic, who we are now, and who we want to be post-pandemic. For many of us, our identities are intertwined with our work, and for many, that changed drastically over the past year. Part of my identity was public speaking, which disappeared overnight. And although I definitely struggled to transform into a virtual communicator, that's now part of my identity instead. Now I get to decide what's next. A return to the old identity, to keep this new one, or to transform into something altogether new. Unlike my pre-pandemic self, I'm okay with not knowing yet. I've definitely changed over the past year, and as much as I want to start planning what's next, I've learned to wait, accepting how fluid life is these days. My mindfulness practice has substantially deepened through this pandemic experience, and staying present has probably saved my mental health from too much harm. So, instead of planning out my future right now, it feels like preparing for the new beginning that's coming is a better approach. But how do we prepare for the unknown? Today's guest, Desiree Cocroft, provides us with some insights. Desiree is a certified leadership and life coach, the founder and CEO of Destination Life, a trainer and consultant with Franklin Covey, and author of Get Your Life Today. Thanks for being here, Desiree. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be with you, Teresa. I'm excited, too. I don't think I have spoken to someone who focuses on womenpreneurs yet on the yeah. program. <laughs> so uh, that's exciting to me. And okay. I was just wondering what sort of led you into that, focusing on women and their success and growth? Um, it's so interesting that you asked that. The first job I ever had is when I was 17 and I was working for uh, an organization that needed teen mentors. And so I actually worked with young girls and I had some boys at some point, but mostly young girls around self-esteem, self-image and decision making. So my first job was teaching that to elementary and middle school students, which is like not normal, but it was such a great way to kind of put me on this trajectory for personal development and leadership. And I've always been so drawn to women and girls. So even right out of college, most of my work has been in nonprofit fields with women and girls. Um, and I just, I love it. I enjoy it. It gives me, gives me life. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. I know you have a book called Get Your Life Today. Yeah. And is that geared toward women or to everyone or what's, what's your book about? So it is a, a book that I say is for women just because I, I do attract a lot of women um, because of the work that I've done over the years. But certainly um, I've had guys that buy it, that get a lot out of it as well. Uh, but I know that it's a book that I wanted to create because I think about myself as a woman and always overthinking. Not that men don't deal with that, but I just feel like there's something about women where sometimes we, you know, overthink ourselves or we don't want to say too much about ourselves. I don't know. It's a thing. And so with that, <laughs> I really wanted to encourage other women that are looking to expand their lives, looking to have a transition in their career into entrepreneurship to give them, you know, an opportunity to have space to really think about what they desire and help increase their uh, confidence through taking action. 
Oh, I think that's very needed. I think a lot of women, and really over the past two or three generations, I think we mm -hmm. sort of got thrown into the, for instance, the workforce yeah. with no preparation. And we're always, <laughs> kind of, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to sort of blend in, but also how to stand out and how to navigate mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. that I don't think a lot of us were prepared for. And of yeah. course, it's not typically something you learn in school. So that's really exciting. You had that opportunity. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think, and I do think it is different for women and nothing against men, but I think for women, not only do we overthink things, but we're typically juggling a lot more. And, Absolutely. and again, without a map or without instructions of how, you know, how do you be a great mom, employee, boss, you yeah. know, whatever it is all at the same time. So I think yeah. it's really exciting. It's interesting. I, I read this article recently. Um, through the Harvard Gazette. And it was talking about this new study that um, was saying uh, women are least likely to self-promote themselves than men, which leads to broad disparities in promotions and pay. And it just made me think about even now, right? Still this uh, kind of holding back that we do or not really celebrating our successes because, well, I don't want to over celebrate myself or over exaggerate what I did that was great. So even in my book and the work that I do with clients, it's always like, hey, you have done some really great things. We really need to expose that to others and just, you know, get used to sharing it like it's normal. Yeah, I agree. And that goes back to what I was talking about. Maybe the first generation or two where we were like a force in the workforce. Mm -hmm. We still had what we were taught at home, mm. you know, about being mm -hmm. humble. And I know mm -hmm. I was raised in Texas. It was like, don't get too big for your britches. And, you know, so we yeah. had, these, and then, and I confess, then we passed that along to our daughters. You know what I mean? Not, not on purpose, but we did. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, I think it is still a problem because there's just such a long history of it. Yeah. Even though we're not in that place anymore. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely think support <laughs> is needed. Yeah. And speaking of that, one of the other areas that I notice is women frequently either don't have the confidence and it doesn't correlate to what they've done, but they don't feel the confidence mm -hmm. or they don't know how to build their confidence. And mm -hmm. so I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, confidence is something just like resilience. It can be built over time, but it's built because of action, right? The more that we do, the more confident we become. I think about it like jump rope, <laughs> you know, if you're playing with other people and they're turning the rope and you're trying to get your timing right so you can jump right in. And at some point you got to jump in <laughs> to, you know, figure out if you really, you know, have the rhythm together. So I think that the more times we jump in, the more confident we get and we get to do it more often and it feels good to do it. And then before you know, we're not hesitating so much before we, you know, jump into it. So I think the more that we can practice taking action quicker rather than later uh, and be okay with the consequences of, you know, failure or messing up because uh, someone told me a long time ago, you know, failure is feedback. So it just helps you know what to do better uh, the next time around. So I do encourage people to take action as soon as they have a thought about something that they want to do, um, given that it's not harmful to them, right? Um, <laughs> but making sure that they take an action on the things that are coming to mind. Um, I think another thing that I like to, you know, tell my clients to do and I like to do for myself when I'm having those moments is writing a list, <laughs> right? A list of things. Um, I call it the you did that or she did that or I did that list. Um, and it can be anything, anything that you feel like you did and you actually showed up for yourself or you showed up for other people or it was something that you kind of buried and never really celebrated yourself around it. And you can write it out 
and start really realizing how much confidence you, uh, you know, really do have because of the things you've already done. Yeah, that's a really good point too, because Mm -hmm. we are quick to notice our flaws or what we haven't done or what we did wrong, whatever it is, instead (laughs) of focusing really on, it's almost like we act like, well, if I did it right, that's expected. You know what I mean? Like that's just normal, but if I did it wrong and then we focus on that. So I think it's a good idea. Now, one of the things you talk about is building confidence by shifting our identity. What do you Mm -hmm. mean by that? So I also am a coaching consultant for Franklin Covey. And so I'm really well versed in the seven habits of highly effective people. So (laughs) we we use it all. We use it in our coaching certification and workshops. Yeah, you must. It's so uh, it's such a great foundational piece. Right. And so the first part is the paradigms, right? So we talk about this whole thought process of, you know, the way that we think about ourselves, our paradigms, you know, dictate our behavior, which also dictate our actions. And even I'm sure you know about atomic habits with uh, James Clear. So he talks about the very same type of thing. So it's not like it's, you know, rocket science, right? A lot of people have realized that this is a thing, the way that we think, will drive our behaviors and the way that our behaviors are will drive our results or our outcomes. And so, you know, I work with my clients, I work with myself, we, uh, I talk about it in my book, just how can we really focus on if we're not getting the outcomes that we want and the results that we want, how can we focus on identifying as the person that does the things that we actually want to happen, that whole be, do, have kind of track, right? And so I think about it in terms of a lot of things that I've done, and I realized how much I really do use identity to help me move forward. So one example I talk about in my book is that I did a half marathon for the first time. I had never run a marathon or had marathon, but I was a runner uh, in my former life, more like three miles, like I can do three miles, I'm good, but I never was someone that would say I would ever run 13.1 or even five or 10. I'm like, that's way too much. Uh, And so I was inspired to do it in 2019, you know, in BC before COVID, Um, (laughs) I did it in 2019 in Philly and I was inspired because I saw so many other people. I I saw someone running a marathon, pushing someone in a wheelchair. And I'm like, what's my excuse? Like, there are so many amazing people doing amazing things. And so I decided to, you know, do it. And what I had to do to prepare was, I'm like, okay, I've never done this before. Let me call some of my friends that actually do run (laughs) and run longer races. I started researching what marathon runners wear, how they eat, you know, what are all the apps you need to use to help you keep your progress going while you're training. And so I just really started adopting this marathon runner, you know, mindset. And so it really helped me prepare, be successful at starting and completing it. And it really just uh, allowed me to just see so many different ways that I could apply that to other areas of my life. So identity, if we can really switch to the thing that we desire to become so we can get the outcomes or the results that we want, we're more likely going to be that person that does it. True. Very true. And I know now there are a lot of people, we're back in another crazy phase of the pandemic. (laughs) Right. I feel like it's total chaos again. It's like we're opening, we're closing. It's safe. It's not safe. But grand, grand open, grand closing. Exactly. It's like, okay, just stop the madness. 
but I mean, clearly we're getting closer with the vaccines coming out. Like the, mm -hmm. to me, they're, they're starting to be light at the end of the tunnel. I am not counting my chickens like on a date or anything like that. Same, but, same. But um, I agree. There feels like it's a little light. <laughs> Carol Ann, where is the light? A little yeah. light. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I'm not going into it yet. I'm just going to wait. Um, but I am thinking, and I know even for myself with a business and, you know, all the things that I do, I'm resisting the urge to start planning. You know, I'm a planner yeah. and, and I've learned through this, quit planning. You can't plan. We don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, we teach mindfulness, so it's better to focus on today and don't just yeah. try not to worry too much right now. But now, if I'm feeling antsy, there must be a lot of people feeling antsy. Oh, my goodness. And regardless of the circumstances, we've got people that are home and out of work. And mm -hmm. once it opens, they, you know, they may want to go back out and try to get a job like they had before. Or we have people maybe that are thinking maybe they want to do something completely different. And I'm yeah. sure there's fear and there's a lack of confidence and there's, you know, just all these things going on. And so I was wondering if you could, and I know this is a big question, but I'm just wondering <laughs> if you could just maybe one tip of, you know, how to start. I don't want to say like we haven't been living, we've been living, but if everything's right. about to change again, do you have any advice or a tip of maybe how to get started with what's next when it comes? Yeah, no, that's a good question because I feel like we're, we're all in this season of constantly having to kind of pivot. That's like the word of the whole pandemic, right? <laughs> pivot uh, from the change. And so I guess, the what well, I guess, what I have been doing for myself and with other people is like kind of uh, gearing yourself up for possible change and giving yourself permission to have a different vision when change happens. Uh, and when I say different vision, it doesn't have to be a total different vision, but a different vision of what done looks like or what finished looks like. And so an example would be, you know, like for some people that are maybe restaurant owners or people that um, are in businesses and, you know, maybe some restriction comes down. It's like, okay, we had a goal. We had a vision in mind. So we have to give ourselves permission to see what's another pathway for us to get to the same thing. So it's a lot of reframing, changing our course, that whole pivoting, but giving ourselves permission to do it because sometimes we can just get so, you know, like in a hole about the way we wanted to see a thing. And so when disruption happens, <laughs> we have to figure out how can we lean into the disruption by figuring out a way to move through it um, so that it gives us the opportunity to get creative. Because I just feel like as humans, we are super creative. You know, I always think about, you know, back in college when you had like no money um, and you had to figure it out, right? Um, and I think everybody can think of a time when, you know, they were down on their luck even now, right? And they have managed to get through the year. They have managed to figure it out. And so I think that if we just give ourselves that space or that moment to breathe and, you know, kind of like be okay with this is what it is, we can start thinking more creatively about, well, what's a new vision to help us get where we want? Yeah, I like that. It's mm -hmm. uh, We've been talking about that for the past few weeks on and off on the podcast of, mm. you know, this is an opportunity. It, it may feel mm. like, oh, like I'm feeling that little like civilization's about to encroach on me again or something. <laughs> but um, but at the same time, this we still have some time left right before we're all yeah. back in their full blast. And it's probably not going to look the same anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever we're going out into next. So right. this is an opportunity to really take some time and think about what do you want your life to look like? Yeah. And there are steps you can take. You don't have to wait until it's everything's open or you know what I mean? Right. You can start doing things right now, which might include yeah. reading your book, right? Yeah. Start getting some <laughs> ideas. That's yeah. Um, get your life. That sounds like a good title for right now. Get exactly. Your life. Add a comma back. <laughs> back. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So one of the things, because we focus a lot, and especially during the pandemic, but we focus a lot on managing stress. Yeah. And we always ask our guests what their go-to is. So because we all have stresses sometime, even no matter how great we are at what we do, everybody experiences stress. So for you, when you have that moment where you feel stress coming on mm -hmm. or you're about to do a big, maybe, I don't know now, online event, I don't, I don't know, yeah. I'm assuming you're not out too much in public. Um, <laughs> but when it hits, do you have a practice that you use to either get grounded or mm -hmm. calm yourself or to get focused? I do. And so funny you ask that because what's interesting is that no matter, like you said, no matter who you are, you go through it. And I think I probably have ebbs and flows throughout the day. <laughs> and so I have a couple of go-tos. I am um, a tea drinker and it's kind of like a way of soothing me a little bit. So regardless of the season, um, I'll, I'll take a moment. I'm like, let me, you know, boil some water. Let me get some tea to help me kind of feel a little more soothed in a healthy way as much as possible without uh, comfort food eating. <laughs> so I try to do uh, the tea. The other thing is I take walks. So especially because we are in the house in front of the computer more than we probably were before, I tend to, anytime I get a break, I'm like, I have to go outside. Um, and so I take walks and I'll listen to podcasts or I'll listen to books or inspirational music. Um, I might talk to a friend to just kind of like, or a family member to kind of just take a moment and not think about anything work related. Uh, so that's usually really helpful. And I did it even during the winter time, you know, I just bundled up and I was like, I'm going outside. I know it's freezing because <laughs> this was a, a colder winter than uh, before for a lot of people. Right. Uh, so yeah, so I'm taking a walk. So between like warm drinks, that's my thing, like teas and such. And taking walks, uh, the last thing I typically do is journal. Uh, so I do a lot of journaling. Sometimes I'll do it in the middle of the day. Um, I did that today because I was feeling just a little overwhelmed, feeling like, oh, it's a lot of things going on. So before I started doing any work in the afternoon, I just took some time to journal. Um, I have affirmations that I journal. I have a vision board that has my year uh, affirmation on it, the words that I uh, have chosen to focus on this year. And so I journal about that. I journal some prayers. I journal things that I want to see happening. So that usually gives me to a nice spot. And then I started doing work. So it felt good. Those are three excellent practices. <laughs> the walking, of course, and we've been trying to get people just mm -hmm. to get up because it is a problem now, including me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> exempt from this sitting here yeah. for hours. And it's like, you know, just get up and even if it's just around the block, you know, mm -hmm. so that's excellent advice. And I think the tea drinking, a part of it to me is the ritual. Yeah. Because you have to calm down for a minute, remember the steps, mm -hmm. heat up the water, pick the flame. Like I, there's something about just the ritual. Wait for the tea bag if you're using yes. the tea bag. So I've I've noticed that a lot with me. It's like maybe it's not just about the tea. It's mm -hmm. it's the process of making the tea. And tea is so associated with relaxation. So it I think it just sets your brain up. Oh, it's time to relax. So I love, I love that, Teresa. The the ritual of it because sometimes I'll do the ones at home. So I have loose teas, I have bag teas, but if I'm feeling fancy, <laughs> I'll go to the coffee shop that's open by my house. I'll jump in the car. I've timed it really well. So if I have a break, I'm like, I know I can do this in like 15 minutes or less. And I'll park and I'll walk and I'll order a chai latte, talk to the people in there, and then take a short walk back to my car and be back home. And I feel like I went on a whole outing. 
it's, it's amazing. And it's sometimes it's hard to convince people, you know, because I, I also encourage people to take more frequent breaks, but shorter ones. Because yeah. we go long stretches and then we're like drained or exhausted or if we're stressed, we've built up so much stress, it's harder mm -hmm. to dissipate. But it makes such a difference just to get out of the environment you're in or to do Absolutely. something completely unrelated. And then, mm -hmm. of course, journaling is a very powerful practice that we, we actually do include in a lot of our teaching in the, in the workshops because nice. it's such a way to connect with yourself. And mm -hmm. for people that don't do it, you know, maybe it sounds like strange, but you really do need to connect to yourself because yeah. I think we get very sidetracked with other people's needs, desires, wants, expectations. Mm -hmm. And if you don't kind of put a little break in there, go, well, let me write about how I'm feeling. And that's yeah. where clarity comes from, or things come up where you're like, oh, that's why that upset me, or, you know, whatever it mm -hmm. is. So those mm -hmm. are three great practices. Dang, you must be very them. well balanced, Desiree. <laughs> I'm, I try to do the best I can. <laughs> Well, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Loved Good. everything we talked about. I'm sure our listeners will get a lot out of that. Again, the name of your book is Get Your Life Today. If people wanted to check out your work or mm -hmm. see what you're up to, I know that you do a lot of different things with dance and trainings and yeah. Franklin Covey. Where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, so the best place is my website, DesireeCocroft.com. And I'm on all social media platforms with that same name. So you don't okay. have to like guess my alias. I'm on LinkedIn, IG, Facebook. Great. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. This is so great, Teresa. Thank you so much and stay well. We're almost there. <laughs> almost, almost you too. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Desiree's advice of embracing the identity of who we want to be really resonated for me. We can all find inspiration by observing great things others are doing. We can reflect on the best parts of our own identities that we want to keep, and we can stay open to the possibilities that will continue to unfold over the next few months as we begin to emerge into a post-pandemic world. If you'd like more information on Desiree's work or her book, Get Your Life Today, visit her website at DesireeCocroft.com. That's D-E-S-I-R-E-E-C-O-C-R-O-F-T. You can view the entire interview with Desiree on our YouTube channel, as well as all of our previous interviews. Until next time, please be mindful and be kind to yourself and others. Have a wonderful week. Mindfulness increases our emotional, physical, and mental well-being. It can also enhance our focus and productivity. Perhaps most importantly, mindfulness strengthens our empathy and compassion for others, which I believe we need more of in our world today. So practice mindfulness in everything you do. Spend at least a little time meditating every day. And remember to be kind to yourself and others. We're here to do more than just survive. We can thrive. All it takes to start is a mindful moment. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee wherever you get your favorite podcasts and rate this podcast so that others can find us. Follow us on social media at work to live a Mindful Moment is written by Teresa McKee. The English version is hosted by Teresa McKee, and the Spanish version is translated and hosted by Paola Tile. 
Intro Music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro Music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, Meteorite Productions. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions.